So um, I'm Tasha Rollins. I am an autism mom and advocate for the last 20 years. And I started the Autism in Action uh, group on Facebook to support families and parents. Um, and really just to kind of share some local knowledge that we have. I know we're in two different areas. So a lot of the agencies might actually be a little different where you're from. Um, so we really just try to share up-to-date information on the website and on or in the group. And um, we like to connect. I, this is something that I'm starting. You're the very first parent that's been willing to do a, a live interview. So I really like to get feedback from other parents. You know, I've, I've been doing this for 20 years. And how old is your son? Uh, my son is 10. His name is Peyton. 10, Mr. Payton. So we see your videos a lot in the autism support discussion group and it's really just awesome the encouragement that you share with all the other parents on there, which is why I reached out to you. So I know that they've been very touching to me. Um, if you don't mind, just take a moment and kind of share your experience with autism. When was Peyton diagnosed and if there's been any certain therapies or services that you guys have used? Well, first off, my name is Chris Rice. Um, I live in um, the southern states, uh, Tupelo, Mississippi, to be exact. And um, my son's name is Peyton. He's 10. He's uh, been diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. Now, me personally, I don't know the difference between um, Asperger's and all that stuff. I don't really know about this. So all I know is, uh, is autism as a whole. I didn't know that there was different levels. Um, there's different, you know, radiuses on the spectrum. I didn't know that but um, when I first found out about it, I think he was probably maybe two, two and a half, because he functioned normal, as we would call it. It's, you know, he functioned normal, he rode his bike, and you know, he started talking and this and that, and, and everything seemed fine, but then I actually don't even remember exactly when I noticed something was wrong. But see, his mother noticed it before I did, and um, she, um, she, she started reading up about it and started telling me about it. And at first I was like, okay, whatever. I've never even heard about it. And um, so we started to do a little more. She started to do a little more research because as a father, you know, I, I'm not as in tune with children's needs as a mother is. So, I mean, you know, my, my nurturing has to be developed. A mother's nurturing comes from birth. So, as I started to notice things and, and little speech delays and, and stuttering and stuff like that, that's when I started to take it a little bit more serious. And um, the, as far as the, um, the, the occupational and behavior uh, therapies and stuff like that, he was going to a place here in Tupelo, but he went there for about, probably about two and a half years. But I, I actually, I took him every single Tuesday. And the reason he stopped going is because honestly, the insurance stopped paying for it. So it was costing me a hundred and something dollars a week. And that's just, that, it's just too much money. So it's expensive. It is. It's, it's very expensive. Yeah. And you know, it's even more expensive for someone at that time, like me, who doesn't really understand what autism is. You know, I'm not, you know, I didn't, I didn't overlook it. I didn't act like it wasn't there because obviously there's something there, but mm -hmm. I didn't think it was, it's serious, it's serious as it is, you know, I'm thinking that maybe, you know, it's just a phase, you know, because I mean, you know, this is my child, this is my firstborn, this is my son. Right. You know, and, you know, just for, 
especially like, you know, with mothers as well, but especially with fathers, you know, we have aspirations for our son and our daughters as well. But, you know, I named him after Peyton Manning. So, I mean, you kind of figure what, you know, what I wanted him to do was to play football, but, but he will go on to do great things other than playing football. So I don't, that part doesn't bother me. It's just going back and forth with insurance companies that say that they'll pay for it, say that they won't pay for it, but then your child's mental health is hanging in the balance. Right. So, and that part right there is, is disturbing, but that's, that's, that, that's a whole nother topic, but the autism, the more I started reading about it, the more I started understanding it, and it started seeing little loopholes in it. And I'm like, okay, well, it's, it's kind of like a light switch. You have to expose yourself to the knowledge. And, you know, the, the, these groups that we do, the group that you do, the, the group that we're a part of, the, um, the autism rider thing that I do, and, you know, the... the the customizing of my motorcycle and I put autism patches, I wear autism shirts and stuff like that. That stuff is all, it's all good and well, but unless you personally expose yourself to that knowledge, it's, it's, it's only going to take you so far. Right. It's, we have to do the research on our own and, and, and find out what it is that we can do to help our child because every child is different. Mm-hmm. Some children speak with no problem. They just can't function. Every single child with autism is different. Every single one. Every single one is different, and they have to be handled different. But the more I started reading stuff, and the more I started learning, like, where the puzzle piece thing comes from and and, and all of that stuff, and I was like, you know, it's it's something to this. I'm not, I I don't get hung up on where it comes from. I'm not going to do that to myself. And I'm not going to do that to my child, because no matter what, he still has autism. Right. I can, you know, I can do the blame game all day long. It's not going to do me any good. And I, I just want to say this real quick. I'm kind of tapping into my next video a little bit, but I'm going to say this right here. To the parents out there who carry guilt for their child having autism, the heart, the human heart is not designed to carry that kind of way. You can't do that to yourself because it's not your fault that your child has autism. It's not my fault or his mother's fault that my son has autism. It has not been proven that it's genetic. And autism has been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it has not been proven that it's genetic because I have two other children and they do not have autism. They hyper, they're crazy, but I love them, but they don't have autism. <laughs> so that right there debunks the genetics part. But um, the knowledge about autism is, is, is growing every single day. It is. And the stuff that we can get out of this group, even even out of this uh, interaction with with you know me and yourself, the knowledge is is is, is vast and it's just it's growing and growing and growing. And people have to turn the light switch on. You have to turn it on to take it in. And you know I know people get you know discouraged and stuff like that. I do too, and I'm sure Tasha does too, and I'm sure. There's a lot of other people that do too. Every child, Absolutely. every child's parent gets discouraged, but it's up to us. They're looking at us. Our children are looking at us because no matter what, the, you know, my child is 10. He's still a 10-year-old boy. Right. So he's not going to do what I tell if he If he didn't have autism, he still ain't going to do what I tell him to do every time. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's on, still, What's he, the autism right. and what's normal? <laughs> you right. know? And see, He's smart. 
He's smart. He's smart. And I know a lot of people, you know, they can relate to this. Children with autism are very smart. They push the envelope as far as they can push it. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that that does not, my child is still not going to run over me just because he has autism. You know, Chris, take, I'm really glad that you brought that point up because that is one of the number one things that I, I discuss with parents. I'm a licensed professional counselor, so I see a lot of families every single week. And, you know, the behavior is one of the biggest concerns. And a lot of times, you know, the biggest advice that I can give parents is to let natural consequences have their play, right? Um, I'll just give you an example. You know, when, when they come, I'll be like, congratulations, even though your child has autism, it sounds like they're very normal to me. <laughs> and that that's comforting for them. It's very comforting to hear that, uh, that there is a little bit of sense of normalcy there. Um, you know, if, if one chooses not to brush their hair, well, guess what? When they go out in public, you know, they might get looks because that's a natural consequence if you don't take care of yourself, right? So that, that's been, that's a really big point. I'm glad that you touched on that. And um, I've said this to a couple of people before, and uh, I've seen, um, I've seen on a post that uh, there was a statement that was made that I, I didn't totally, I, I didn't agree with it. The statement was, um, we have to prepare the world for our children. That's not the way this works. Because that, uh, and, and it's, 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 I, I hope that doesn't sound harsh. I'm just being honest. No, it's true. It's not that the way this works. We have to prepare <laughs> our children for this world. Exactly. They're not going to conform. Right. The world's not going to conform to a child that has autism. Right. They're not going to exactly. stop ringing the bells in school. Right. You know, they're exactly. not going to stop. Yeah, they're, they're 18 and 20. Autism. 18 and 20. Wow. Yes, they're 18 and 20. Um, my, my 18 year, he just turned 18 last week. And um, thankfully, wow. successfully, they both graduated high school. But at this point, in transitioning into adulthood, we're kind of like, okay, what's our next step? You know, what do we do now? So continue with life skills. And then we've gone through every agency and um, that's out there, you know, Voc Rehab and um, Department of Disabilities and Special Needs. And they all have wonderful programs. But really, when it comes to um, working with employers, I'm starting a consulting um, side business to help another lady. We're kind of going in together as a joint venture to train employers how to work with these autistic individuals, you know, to work with our children. Um, so that, that's another, another big aspect as they grow and, and transition into adulthood. But absolutely, we have to prepare our kids for them because the world's and, too big. <laughs> it's too and big. You know, you're right. Like, we, we can't grab our kids and go out and leave with a sword. We can't do that because that's not that's not the way this goes. Because Peyton and, 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 and what's your children's name? Jason and Jacob. Okay, uh, Jason and Jacob. That's your responsibility. Mm -hmm. That's not the mailman's responsibility. That's not um, the person who installs your internet responsibility that he should turn his phone on silent because the ring is too loud. That's not his responsibility. That's your responsibility. Right. And we we have to prepare our children. And it's just like uh, like me and Peyton. We just left them all. We went to the mall, we went to the arcade, we had a great time. It's not it's not the arcade's job to turn down the lights because his sensory issues go off. I have to prepare him for that kind of stuff. Coping skills. Yes. Right. And it and you know, like like I said, his mother is a she she's a great help. She she he he has a great mother. And of course, you know, me and her are not together, but that doesn't interfere with him and her. 
she, she's a great mother. She teaches him a lot. And um, and then I come in and I and I teach him what I know and I, I, I learn about this stuff. I read post after post after post. I see people doing meltdowns. I see people recording meltdowns. I see people doing this and doing that. And I'm not one of those people that say, you know what? You do what's best for you. You don't do what's best for you. You do what's best for your child. Right. Because to me, I can just shove an iPad in his face and, hey, I'm clear for the whole day. doesn't work that way, though. There's nothing getting done like that. Right. That doesn't teach them anything. That doesn't teach them anything. And, you know, don't get me wrong. Technology is a wonderful thing if it's used the correct way. But technology is also a brain cell killer as well. It, it stops daily function, like you was talking about um, natural, you know, natural consequences. There's also a natural order of things. Yes. There are also natural laws as well. And our children, autism or not, have to conform to these laws regardless. And it's our job to teach them. But we also have to know ourselves. And upon us knowing, we have to learn how to apply it to our children as needed. Mm-hmm. And that is where these discussions come in handy because something that works for you may not work for me. My son may not respond to it, respond to it like that. Right. And right. Uh, you know, Jason and Jacob, they probably can you know go walking with no problem. Peyton will go walking with no problem, but someone else's child may not want to walk. And you know, well, you know, I get the question sometimes. Well, what if he has a meltdown in the middle of a supermarket? He just has a meltdown in the middle of a supermarket. Right. You take that, I, even with Peyton, Peyton is not a runner. But do I, when I stamp that as an approval? No. I always keep him at arm's length. Yes. Always. Because the potential for running is there. Right. The way, the way um, autism has, has been explained to me in many different ways. So I take the reasons that have been given to me, I take the reasons that I come up with, and I take the reasons that have been answered to me through prayer. And this is what I come up with. Now, I'm no doctor. I don't speak for the masses at all. I speak for myself. And if it happens to appeal to the masses, then okay. The best way for me to explain autism, because with, um, with a custom motorcycle, it's like a rolling billboard. People are always going to want to know what that means. So I get the chance to explain it. When I wear the shirts and stuff like that, I get the chance to explain. So I try to explain it like this. Autism is, 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 is simple, and it's not as complicated as, as, as people make it out to be. It's a very simple, repetitive nature. It's like someone with OCD, but their mind is not an adult with OCD. They're a child with OCD, mm -hmm. and they don't really understand how to separate it, how to uh, run everything together so they can use all senses at one time. So I tell a friend of mine, I say, hey, if me and you throwing a football back and forth, we're fine. If Peyton is throwing a football with you, he's fine. But if I come in the picture, he cannot do it to both of us at the same time. He cannot multitask. Right. Um, I tell uh, my, uh, my other two children, Peyton and Jumbo, I mean, uh, uh, Jonathan and Christina, don't go in the street. They know not to go in the street because the car can hit them and it'll hurt them. Peyton doesn't go on the street because I told him not to go on the street. He doesn't understand the pain aspect. Right. And I, I also see posts with, you know, and, and not just posts with people talking in general. They're so hung up on the fact that the kids don't understand. Focus on what the kids do understand. 
and what they can do for the solution looking forward you know what problems can we solve and what can we navigate not what we can't right right Mm -hmm. because the the thing about autistic children they will surprise you when you least expect it there will be um the so-called normalcy will creep out even when they don't want it to Mm-hmm. And they don't surprise themselves. So, like I made in a, a post, a couple posts, a couple video posts ago, I said, give them a chance. Give these kids a chance. Give them a chance. You have to think about it like this. How many times did you have to drive before you learned how to drive? Right. There's a big learning curve. <laughs> right. There's a big learning curve. And, and, you know, a lot of parents, and I was like this at one point, we don't want to face shame or embarrassment. I That's do another big point that I want to come to in just a moment. And I mean, I don't care about embarrassment. I, I don't because, okay, my child is having a meltdown. He doesn't want to go in this building right here because the ceilings are too tall. Well, why does it bother him? Why, because the air pressure, he can feel it. I can't. It doesn't bother me. My senses are scattered everywhere. He can zero in on it. Mm-hmm. It bothers him. So, Guess what? I just don't take him back in that building. We don't have to go in that building. We can go in another building that's more suited to him. Does that mean I'm letting him run me over? No, I'm compromising because I want him to compromise with me. We have to keep our sanity. When I first had children, I said, you know what? I'm going to be a drill sergeant. They're going to do what I tell them, what I tell them, and everything. Kids quickly show you it doesn't work that way. Right. I had my 20-year-old enrolled in a boot camp here. It was like an extracurricular activity three days a week after school. And it helped, right, a lot with respect and behavior and that kind of thing. And he actually got to take on a leadership role there. So that was very helpful for him to have that experience. Um, But yeah, I had the same mentality early on, you know, as a single mom at that point in my life, it was I've got two kids, they're, they're males, you know, I need to make sure that they respect me and not run over me. But all of that shifts, you know, later as you transition and you grow and you learn more and more and more. Um, and it really does, the focus ends up being on, okay, this is where we're at now, right? We take one thing at a time. This is where we're at now. What do we need to do to get over this mountain onto the next right. mountain? So one step at a time, one right. step. And I think a lot of the parents that really kind of go back, they feed into their child's meltdown, right? When, when their child's having a meltdown, they are what we call catastrophizing their own thoughts, right? Because they're going wow, say that word again. catastrophizing. Wow, I can't say that. <laughs> it's wow. where you snowball to the worst case scenario, right? And mm-hmm. as parents with all of this responsibility, you know, and all of the emotional baggage that we're clinging to, whether it be guilt or shame or anger or frustration or, you know, just the daily stuff is so hard. Um, We internalize all of that. And instead of staying in the here and the now moment with what problem is at hand, we just let it ride, right? All the way to the future. And and I see so many posts in the groups. Um, I'm in several different groups. One that we're, we're actually in together and, you know, that's kind of it. They're just hitting fast forward and going to the end instead of staying here in the now. Uh, what, what were you going to speak on about embarrassment? Well, when it comes to embarrassment, I think that that really keeps us from being able to do as parents what it is we want to do. It's a big roadblock. It's a barrier, right? Because there's parents get so worried about what other people are thinking in that supermarket, 
right? When really truthfully, the other people's thoughts don't have meaning unless we apply the meaning ourselves. That's right. Um, that's right. That's that's exactly right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like I said, you know, I'm I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a small guy. You know, I'm a big guy, but my son he has put scratches, bruises, bite marks on me, and people are like, well, how am I gonna explain it? I don't have to explain it to anybody. Right. That's the thing. I don't have to explain anything to anybody. The only people I owe are my children. That's it. Mm -hmm. I don't have to explain why I have a cut on my hand or why I have scars, scratch scars on my arm. I don't have to explain it. Right. I'm not going to waste my time trying to get someone to understand something that they're not going to understand. And I think I that's right. another big thing too, what you just said, waste your time. There's a lot of focus on um, energy, right? Conserving our energy as parents of children on the spectrum. That is so important because we never know if it's gonna take a deep dive by the end of the day or <laughs> keeping our energy at bay is right. very important, conserving it and only using it to what is serving you as a parent. Because I mean, you know, speaking of energy, there are times I just look at pain, I say, you know what? I ain't got the energy for this. I'll get you there. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, like I said, he's still a child. He's still mm -hmm. a 10-year-old boy. He's still going to do what 10-year-old boys do. He's still going to be hard-headed. Coupled with autism makes it a little more difficult. But up on the all that, he's still a 10-year-old boy. Regardless. Mm -hmm. That's what he is. And I've, you know, I've, you know, another thing that I touch on, like, you know, I've said this before about, you know, fears and stuff like that. I think that was my last video post. And I tend to, because, like, sometimes, you know, once my kids are asleep, I have time to myself. I sit back and, and I just relax. And sometimes my thoughts take me to a place that I don't want to go. Because I find myself maybe stressing about stuff that I don't even know if it's happening. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to prepare myself to, to prevent a problem that's not even happening. And right. If we're not careful as parents, we will put up a defense mechanism that doesn't need to be there. And it's very self-sabotaging. <laughs> yes, it is. And yes. I, our kids feed off of us. We yes. have to we have to stay strong. We have to be a strong front for these children. And I say this all the time, and I know people probably get tired of me saying it, but the male figures, these children especially, especially, especially children with autism. Children in general, but especially boys with autism. They're so strong. They need father figures. Yes. My son, when I get on to him, there's a difference because I hurt his feelings. He's not used to me coming at him in that kind of tone. So it bothers him, but, but it calms him as well. And there are things that mothers do that fathers can't do, but there are also things that fathers do that mothers cannot do. Because right. I hear people all the time say, you know what, I'm mother and father. No, you're not. And I hear some guys say, you know what, I'm mommy and daddy. No, you're not. You're a strong father or you're a strong mother. You cannot be both. Mm -hmm. And as, as tough as it is for, to be a single parent raise, raising a child with autism, raising a child, period, but especially a child with autism, it's stressful. It's it's. It can be stressful. You but, know, I read some research that showed that autism parents are exposed to the same amount of stress levels, the cortisol levels that are released in your bloodstream, as combat soldiers. I believe it. Yeah. 
Yeah. I believe it. I, 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 I do. I believe it because, you know, there have been times that Peyton has had a meltdown and, you know, um, like I said, you know, sometimes he act like he want to fight. So I'm like, okay, well, if that's what you want to do, well, then let's do it. Now, am I going to physically hurt him? God, no. I'll put my gloves on and I'll tap him a little bit. See, what, okay, well, let's come on, bring on all that, bring that aggression this way. Let's have a little fun. Next thing you know, it turns into a laughing match. Right. And sometimes he just he goes like I had a a, a brand new TV. He threw the remote right there. And I said, hey, you know what he did? He started laughing. I couldn't do nothing but put my head down and hug him and, and tell him, son, I don't even know what to say. I was, I was, I was, I was heated. Yeah. But, and that one time, that was, you know, he's had quite a few meltdowns. But there was one time that stuck out. I, I, I was holding him on the floor and I was like, son, you got to chill out. You, you have to chill out. So I, I don't get loud with it. I kind of keep a, a, a monotone voice. I'm like, son, you, you have to chill out. And he screamed like a, Demon. And I've seen all the veins come out of his neck and stuff like that. That hurt. Me. I'm not gonna lie, that hurt. Me. Because this is this is all I can do right now. There's nothing that I can do. And I know that bothers parents. And 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 the, and the fact that a lot of these mothers have to deal with it on their own. And I'm I'm gonna and say fathers. this right here. And fathers. And fathers. Mothers and yeah. fathers. Yeah, you know, and and I'm gonna say this right here, and a lot of people probably not gonna probably not gonna like it. But I'm gonna say it anyway. If you're a single mother, the reason I say single mothers because there's more single mothers, there's ten times, a hundred times yeah. more single mothers than single fathers. But this applies to single fathers as well. If you're a single mother, and the other parent is is in the house and they're not doing anything, they're your problem. That's your problem right there. It ain't your child, it's them. There ain't nothing wrong with preparing things to keep your child calm. And it takes it takes a strong individual and it takes people working together. Absolutely. You have to work together because that child knows when there's a divide. You know, like I said, you know, excuse my language, but they're not stupid. Just because they don't talk don't mean they don't have anything to say. Right. You know, just because their words are gibberish don't mean that a parent cannot put the sentences together. Like, I know exactly what Peyton said. Other people may not completely understand it, but I know exactly what he's saying. So it takes it, it, it takes involved parents. Or, you know what, if, if, if the father is not in the picture, then, you know, how about the mother's brother or just any strong, any strong front that's consistent. That you can't come over one week and then not come over for a month. That, that's going to hurt that child. Right. I know for me, from personal experience, when my boys were about 14 and 12, their dad stepped out of their life and by, by his own choice. And uh, their grandfather really became their their role model at that particular point in time. Now we they've got their stepdad and uh, they call him Play Daddy and, you know, all kinds of little nicknames, but we're very, very grateful to have my husband now um, in our lives. And he so oh, What's his name? My husband's name is Travis. Travis, you're the mm -hmm. man. You, hey, I'm gonna tell you something. The stepmothers and the stepfathers, besides the single mothers, y'all are my heroes, and I mean that. And I'm, I'm dead serious because 
Y'all don't have to do that, but you do it anyway. Yeah. That and, and the thing is, that's what men are supposed to do. Right. And I, I respect that. I do. I really do. And I mean, I, I, I just, I don't know. It's just, it's hard. It's, these guys stepping away from these these children, like, like it's nothing. I have no sympathy for that, and I have no zero understanding and zero tolerance for that. I don't want to hear nothing nobody got to say. So, I mean, you know, you don't understand people's situation. I don't have to. That's the thing. I don't have to. There's certain things you just don't do. And and, and, that, and that's just what it is. And I think for we can hear you. So, Say that um, but like, I like to encourage people, but at the same time, I like to be honest with people. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and just tell people that, you know, it's going to get better. It's okay without work. It takes work. It takes a lot of grit. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Okay. But yes, it, 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 it takes work. And um, I'm going to tell you, like, I've, I've really enjoyed doing it. Well, I am so I'm grateful to have, you, to have you on here to share your insight on all of this. If you had one thing that you would want people to hear, uh, word uh, in terms of your insight, your advice, what what one piece of advice would you give to parents? Well, the piece of the, the piece of advice that I would want to give to parents is um, no matter what. No matter how bad it gets, no matter how much guilt you may carry, no matter what you you know what people may say, no matter how many embarrassing moments you have, no matter how much shame you have, no matter whatever the case may be, you have got to have a strong front. You got to have strong character. You have to because these children they need us. They they need us a lot, and they need us more than we'll ever know. And I'm not I'm not trying to push anything on anybody, but Christ is that's that's the only hope that I have. My faith has got me through the whole way, let me tell you. <laughs> if it wasn't for God's intervention there and, and giving me peace of mind when I didn't have any, I don't know what I would have done. I really don't. Um my faith has been my stronghold, definitely something that I have stood on. Um that is a big part of what I discuss. We've got that piece by piece parenting program that we've been trying to get enrollment for. And um, just to kind of teach parents how to advocate and navigate through autism. Um, and also with the parenting mindset. So that's a big piece in the parenting mindset. But, you know, I just, I love the group that we're in. I love the way people talk and they, they express themselves. And, um, and you know it's not all positive, but guess what? I, I take the I take the negative as well, because that's just what somebody's feeling that day. And I and you know I don't have to agree with it to respect. And that's a safe place for them to vent too. I think a lot of times as parents, we really don't um, think about the significance that we have with interacting with other people online when it comes for support encouragement, because it is so limited in person. It is so limited in real life. Unless they're living your life and walking in your shoes, you're not going to completely understand what it is that you're going through. Right. I, 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 
I totally, totally, totally agree with you. Mm -hmm. and, um, I'm very grateful to have met you, Chris. On, on hey, me too. And um, I hopefully maybe we can get together and do this again another time. I know that you're busy. Hey, you got some other things. I'm with that. I'm with that. We can do this all day. I, I enjoy it. I really do. Great <laughs> conversation. Great points. I enjoy it. I really I do. When I when I do share it, I think I'm going to do a hashtag real talk on autism. Right. Autism okay, I'm with that. So um. I don't know, maybe we can get some other parents encouraged to be able to speak their mind because I think it's a healthy way to cope with this. We need to talk about it. We need community. And what better way to do that than to make new friends? So um, again, I really appreciate you, Chris, taking the time out of your busy Saturday to share with us your insight on autism and your words of wisdom. And um, I think we'll close now so that we can get on with our Saturday. And uh, if you do, have any questions, guys, for Chris, feel free to reach out to him. Chris, what's the best way for them to find you? Do you have a, a standalone page or is it just your personal page on online? Well, it's just it's just my personal page. You can you can inbox me. I mean, I'm I'm pretty much I'm all access. You can inbox me. I'll answer anything that I can. Awesome. Great. All right, guys. Well, y'all have a great afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us. And um, hopefully we'll have this up for a replay shortly. All right. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye. Thank you guys for checking out the new Autism in Action podcast and the great interview that we had with Mr. Chris Rice talking about his expertise and words of wisdom when it comes to parenting with autism. If you like what you hear, leave a good review. I want to hear your feedback. I want to hear from you. If, um, there's anything that you want to hear about in the upcoming episodes, please leave a comment, send me a message. You can join the Autism in Action Facebook group. It's a free group to support and encourage parents with children on the spectrum and also give you a lot of valuable information on where you can go to get assistance, different agencies, different programs that are available. There's also a new enrollment for our Piece by Piece Parenting Program and uh, it's a virtual online parenting program that teaches families all about autism, how to advocate and navigate through the world of autism. So we really are excited to have this up and going for you guys. I can't wait to connect with you on the inside on the Autism in Action Facebook group.